Um, so, we've been thinking about what a multi-generational family we are as a church. And wow, look at that. When we had this idea, we had no idea whether we would have a few little gaps where we might be thinking, well, we think somebody who isn't here might be that age. So, But look at that. Everybody here of that age. Amazing. So you might say, well, so what? That's very interesting. But does it matter? Well, this idea of family is a really strong part of this letter to the Ephesians. And the way Paul uses it here in this passage is literally in the context of a domestic family. So what do families look like? So is there anybody here who is part of a family where everybody is the same age? No. Do you know, I'm really pleased to hear that because actually, if we're part of a family that is growing and continuing, there are going to be people of all different ages, aren't there? There are going to be children, people in their 20s, and going on upwards, as we have seen. So it does matter that we too, as a church family, are many generations and many ages, if we're to be a true reflection of God's family and that we're able to grow. And it really matters to God too. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 15, Paul prays to the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. So family matters. So for us, we've seen that we are a truly multi-generational family of God. But what difference does it make to us as a church, as a body of Christ? We're thinking at the moment in our series about what is church. And over these weeks, we've learned lots of different things. But today, I think we've learned that church is a... What do you think, kids? Church... A family. Thanks, Suzanne. A church. The church is a family. Now, what sort of family do you think we are? Do you think it means a family that argues a lot with one another? Is that the sort of family God had in mind? I don't think so. A family where people don't talk to each other. We all know, sadly, of families where that happens where brothers and sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins don't actually speak with each other. I don't think that's what he had in mind either. Or just a family where you ignore each other's problems and needs. No, I think God had a much better design for families. Throughout this letter to the Ephesians, Paul focuses on relationships. Relationships between different members of the family. So how many can we find? Well, Just a quick whistle stop. In chapter 5, he starts with how we should imitate God as beloved children. He then goes on to talk about husbands and wives and how they should relate to one another. And in chapter 6, how children and parents should get on. So, we're not just multi-generational. As Andrew said, what we really want to be is truly intergenerational. And it just happened purely by chance, we'd already planned this service, that this week Suzanne had signed up to an online event organized by an organization attached to Care for the Family and said, hey, anybody else want to come along? So Andrew and I joined up this week, and it was all about intergenerational family. 
Um, the fact that actually the intergenerational is about those relationships between the different generations. So being in a family is one thing. It can just be a fact. We are all part of a family. However, being in that relationship as a family is not simply a fact, and it can't be a passive thing. Being in any relationship is an active thing and something you have to work at. So kids, do you sometimes have to work quite hard at getting on with your brother or your sister? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I can see a nod there. And grown-ups, do you sometimes have to work quite hard at getting on with your brother or your sister? Yeah, some of us have to work at that too. We need to be aware of one another's needs and we need to treat one another with respect. Paul urges us in Ephesians 4 to treat our church family in the same way, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That's what it is to be a family. We have to work at it, and it's not always easy. A short while ago, somebody shared with us their surprise that there weren't as many dissenting voices being expressed in our church meetings as they'd maybe seen elsewhere in other churches. To me, that fact truly is a demonstration of the strength of being a family together, the true desire to maintain a unity and bond of peace. It doesn't mean that we just let everything go. It doesn't mean that we don't challenge where challenge is due. We do that in families too, don't we? But it does mean doing it in a way that recognizes our shared family and our shared journey. What binds us together is far greater than what divides us. As Paul goes on in Ephesians 4, there is only one body. And recently we've seen an example of that being worked out in the city here. Um, There's a student organization called Fusion, and they are aiming to build a community that recognizes the one body of Christ expressed through multiple churches. And we are so blessed to be working with them in moving that endeavor forward. So if you're here today as a student, we want you to know that it is our desire to welcome you as a fully-fledged member of our family to become one with young and old in this community of God. So thinking about us as a community, us as a church, how is that relationship of family lived out? Well, for all its challenges, COVID has been a place where the strength of our family values has really played out. We did, and we still do, see different generations supporting and honoring one another and not simply in a serving at church context. It goes way beyond that. Right from the beginning of the pandemic, we were immediately aware that strengthening those networks was going to be vital. Interestingly, just two weeks before that very first lockdown 18 months ago, we had a wider leadership breakfast where we looked at those connections within our home groups, like the mini family groups, if you like, and connections across the church family to ensure that people were connected and supported. Little did we know just how important that was going to be, but of course, God did. And within a week of the start of lockdown, we had buddy pairing set up for regular phone contact for those who were on their own, cross-generational support to young families for doing shopping for those who were shielding or unable to do so themselves. 
And I can say it was truly a privilege to be part of a community that stepped up to being real family at that time of need. But you don't need to hear that from me, as obviously we've got many of those family members here today who can tell you what it looks like in action to be part of that intergenerational family of God. I've asked a few people to share something of their own experience of supporting and being supported by others, especially across the generations within our church family. A couple have pre-recorded because they couldn't reliably know that they would be here this morning, but they really wanted to share. So we're going to start with those two, um, and then we've got a few people here who Suzanne is going to bring a microphone to to share a few words.